leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to Duncan Dynasty. I am your host, Garrett Bouguet. Just a, a quick update for uh, for some things to look forward to here in the uh, the next couple of weeks uh, Anthony and I have finally uh, gotten around to uh, to doing our deep dive on the 2002 Western Conference Finals between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Sacramento Kings. Uh, we already watched Game Four and recorded some of our thoughts, and uh, we will uh, we will be doing Game Five shortly, and we should have Part One of that uh, for you next week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but this week we've got a very special guest. His name is Evan Dial. He hosts his own podcast called Players Watch, and uh, I was actually a guest on that program last week, so make sure you check that out. He certainly knows his stuff. Also, he is a fellow sports business classroom alum in Las Vegas from this uh, this past July. Evan Dial, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Garrett. Very happy to be here. So uh, we decided uh, our topic that we were going to discuss because, you know, the offseason, I think for the most part, uh, is over. Of course, the, the Clint Capella news, him signing that five-year, $90 million deal uh, with the Houston Rockets, was really, I feel like, one of the last big dominoes to fall in terms of the offseason. Uh, so we, we've got a pretty good idea of where these teams are going to be, so... Uh, you know, I thought it'd be fun to kind of rank them in terms of how much we're excited to watch these sorts of teams. Uh, but before we get into the actual rankings, uh, I, I thought it'd be fun to kind of just talk about the differences and what we enjoy, uh, you know, looking at some of the things that would matter when it comes to, to watching a game. You know, you've got star power, uh, you know, like a LeBron James is going to make a game more entertaining to watch, obviously. Uh, how competitive a team is, you know, their ability to to compete for playoff spots and have the games actually matter, the style of play, you know, the, a team like Houston that shoots a ton of threes versus a team like San Antonio that lives in the mid-range, uh, and then things like the announcing crew for each of these teams, and also, you know, just general aesthetics like court design, uh, you know, jersey stuff. So, Evan, I, I'm curious, how would you rank those different categories in terms of what's most important to you when you decide what games you're going to watch? Well, my number one is style of play, and I love teams that are maybe unique or a little different or play at a faster pace. Or, um, you know, like the Pelicans, for example, last year when they had DeMarcus Cousins, the Twin Towers, or the Nuggets with Jokic running the office as a 
the offense as a big who can pass. Right. You know, stuff like that, or as you said, the Rockets who shoot just a gazillion threes per game. <laughs> I would say that that's my number one thing in terms of just entertainment and when I'm choosing what games to watch on League Pass. Yeah, my um, you know that that's up there for me. But I would say number one is is star power. And when when I say that, I don't mean just the current stars, but also if a team has you know a, an upcoming star or a potential star in the making. Like you know, for instance, I'm going to be excited to watch Luka Doncic this year for Dallas because I think he could be a star in the making. Uh, but you know, you watch some of these teams and. Uh, we're going to get to the individual groups, but a team, for instance, like the Los Angeles Clippers, you know, certainly they they play a fun style of play. They're well coached. They're they're competitive. They win. You know, probably they're going to win more games than they'll lose this year. Uh, but they just lack any sort of star power. There's not a single guy on that team that I'm actually excited to tune in for. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, star power is my number two. I mean, that's especially for. The casual fans as well. Obviously, you want to see LeBron, Giannis. I love Kawhi's coming back. Anthony Davis, those guys. And yeah, I love the up and coming guys too. Especially as you see them round out their game and improve continually. So for sure, and that's that's my number two. Okay, my my number two actually uh, is like uh, you know the competitiveness, a team that essentially is a winning team. You know because. I don't really want to watch a, a matchup of a couple of teams that are out of the playoff race, and, and the game just, to me, doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, I that's that's pretty big to me. Like, if I can find... Uh, and, and because with League Pass, you have so many different options, you can almost always find a game every night between a couple of really solid teams. Absolutely, and how competitive the team is is my number three. As you said... I don't want to watch an end-of-the-season Magic Hawks game. (laughs) I I usually need at least one competitive team in there. and The team could be bad, but they at least have to have something interesting about them. But uh, yeah, especially towards the end of the season, you're going to pick just the better teams. Yeah, my my number three would be the style of play. A team like uh, Brooklyn, you know, they they aren't uh, that yeah. talented in terms of their star power. They're not, you don't they they don't fulfill the competitive part really in terms of being a, a playoff uh, challenger. But they play a fun style, you know. They they shoot a lot of threes. They play the right way. And a lot of times, uh, you know, if you are uh, in a situation where you you have to pick between a couple of games between teams that aren't that great, you know, I, I tend to uh, kind of go more towards, okay, if, if these two teams at least play a, a, a solid visual style of basketball, I'll, I tend to go towards that. Absolutely, and uh, I love your Nets reference. We'll, we'll talk about more of them later. I loved watching them last year. And then uh, my number four and is uh, aesthetics jersey, so I'm a big jersey guy. Okay. Good, play good. You know, I love especially seeing who's in what jersey playing against who, and I was just—I don't know—it's—it's it's entertaining to me. Yeah, um, you know, the aesthetics aren't as important to me, but certainly there are there are a few jerseys that stick out. Uh, one of them I, that I loved last year, or a couple that I loved last year, would be the the Miami Heat's like Miami Vice jerseys that had like the uh, pink. Yes, those were great. 
those were those were really you know visually appealing and then also i really liked the uh, oklahoma city jerseys that had like the uh um the lettering almost like it was thunder where the lettering kind of was lopsided a little bit uh i thought that was, those were really neat as well i think those were yeah i think those were their alternates yeah, those are really good. Yeah, I like jersey. I'm not super into court design, but definitely like a, a nice or different new jersey. Okay, well, and you know, my number four would be would be the announcing crew. Uh, you know, the, the I figured with you <laughs> right. Uh, the the positive thing about league pass and maybe why this isn't higher up on the list is you can you know you can choose between what announcing crew you yes. want. Uh, so you know if if one team has a bad crew, you can just pick the other. Uh, and and rarely, fortunately, like there's there's a lot of good crews. So rarely are you going to find a game where both crews are are not very fun. And and when that happens, I I will just put it on mute. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah the the announcing crew can can really add to that experience and and again going back to uh to the nets which uh just based on the basketball and the talent there they'd probably be near the bottom uh they're a little bit higher not only because of the fun style of play but also because of their crew Ian Eagle and Mike Fratello uh those guys are so good but a couple of uh, you know really good announcers really adds to the experience that's true. I mean, when I'm watching the Hornets, I usually just watch theirs, regardless of who they're they're playing. But you you definitely know at least who the really bad ones or the good ones, and then the rest are I would say kind of just similar to me or even. But I notice it. It's it's just this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um the the big thing in terms of you know. My opinion on what announcers are the best, which ones are the worst, is I, I'm I am not a fan of the announcers that are just like straight up homers for their team. They are just completely blind to any referee's decision that goes against their own team that they're announcing, and they can't see it from an unbiased perspective. That just drives me nuts. There's a lot of those. Yes, <laughs> but, I, I, but I, I totally agree for sure. All right. Well, uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's get into uh, let's get into the rankings. Evan, who do you have as uh, as your number one team to watch for this upcoming NBA season? All right, my number one team league pass ranking is the Denver Nuggets. Okay. I think I, think, I know it's a bit of a surprise, but I think they are a blast to watch. I love Jokic; just such a brilliant passer. They have guys like Jamal Murray and Will Barton who could just get scorching hot. Gary Harris is very good and underrated. I've been a Millsap fan for a long time. But now if they get something from Michael Porter and Isaiah Thomas, like it's just it's just super entertaining for me and offensively they've been an elite team for the past couple of years. They kind of play a different kind of play. They're fun. They're my number one. I can't wait to watch them this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you in terms of they're not my number one. I have them a little bit lower down, but I still have them in my top ten. Uh, but I agree with you. Jokic is is one of the my favorite players to watch. You know his uh, his passing ability is just unbelievable, 
And, uh, you know, he'll make one or two passes every game that you just have to rewind immediately and say, how did yeah. he pull that off? Uh, but I always see some of them, but it's just incredible. Yeah, and, uh, you know, as you said, really high-scoring team, so you're going to get a game uh, a lot of times in the, you know, like a 118 to 116 type of contest, which uh, the NBA has made a concerted effort to uh, to increase the scoring over the years, and when you tune into the Denver Nuggets, you're likely to uh, uh, to get a lot of points. Absolutely. I mean, their offense is usually in the top ten, if not top five, and Jokic is just so unique as a passer. They're, they're a lot of fun. They're a blast. All right, so my number one may come as a bit of a surprise, the Philadelphia 76ers. Ooh, very, I have them very high, so I like that. So, uh, you know... Having Joel Embiid out there, uh, you know he's uh, he brings a little bit of a different uh, you know type of play to the table. You know you're going to see a lot more posting up that sort of thing, which feels kind of old school. Uh, you've got a guy in Ben Simmons who can't shoot at all, but is this just magisterial passer? A uh, guy that uh, you know has to uh, you know has these crazy weaknesses in his game, but also some incredibly strong strengths. Uh, so it's it's really fascinating to see him try to pick apart a defense, and then also you know the Fult, the Markel Fultz situation for this upcoming season. You know, there's been plenty of rumors about maybe that his shot is fixed. If he's anywhere near uh, the type of player that uh, that people thought he was coming out of college for this upcoming season, he's going to add a, another element that's going to make that team so much fun to watch. Absolutely, I can't wait to see Fultz. Um... I think he's going to surprise some this year. Simmons, again, very unique player. I mean, a 6'10 point guard has his limitations, but his passing just amazing. And then Embiid, maybe the best post that big in the game. And then they got, you know, J.J. Redick, who just can get super hot from three. They're, they're a blast to watch. Well, and the, the other thing in terms of, like, the style of play with that team is they don't run a lot of pick and rolls, which, of course, is is the dominant sort of play type in the NBA these days. Uh, they, they do a lot of off-ball action, of course, with J.J. Redick, as you just mentioned, him coming off of screens and, and doing all those sorts of things. It just, uh, when you watch them, they, they just feel different than basically any other team in the league. Absolutely, yeah, they are. And then there's a guy, one of my favorites is uh, Dario. Love watching Dario. Yes, he's uh, he's got one of my favorite haircuts in the entire league. <laughs> it's a good look. All right, so who do you have then at number two? My number two is the New Orleans Pelicans. Okay, so so here's the here's the first big differential. I uh, you know I have them more in the middle of the pack. So uh, I'm I'm curious to see. Obviously Anthony Davis is exciting, but I'm I'm curious to see uh, why you have them so high up. Well, one is after Cousins went down, they just scrapped their style. They went super fast. The Miritich pairing with Davis really worked out. I thought those two complemented each other well. I've long been a Drew Holiday fan, and now that he's fully healthy, he's just a tenacious defender and just a really tough competitor. And then now they add Julius Randle, a guy that I'm pretty high on and I think will make them one of the best front courts and makes for some intriguing options. Even each one more is really solid. I just think, and Alvin Gentry obviously is just run and gun pace. They can, 
They can really crank it up on defense when they need to. Sometimes I just I really and then Anthony Davis is just is just a monster. I I have to see him. Right. I mean, any basically any night he's capable of putting up you know uh, forty points or twenty rebounds or ten blocks. Even the guy is just an absolute monster. Uh, but I liked that you mentioned Julius Randle as well. I think he's going to add a, a really interesting, uh, you know, visual appeal to that team because he's kind of more of a bulldozer type of uh, of big man. And, uh, you know, that is a, a, a nice contrast to what they have with Davis and uh, and Miritich, who are, are more kind of finesse guys. Absolutely. Randle's an underrated passer, too, a good rebounder. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried playing Davis, Randall, Miritich all together at one point, which I don't know if it'll work, but I definitely want to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Miritich has the shooting ability, like that you'd think that he could play some three. I'm not sure if he's uh, if he's got the defensive chops to handle that uh, position. All right. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, so you had New Orleans at two. My number two is uh, the Boston Celtics. Okay, I've got them pretty high too, but I like it. So, obviously we didn't get to see the actual Boston Celtics for the majority of the year last year with Hayward getting hurt, what was it, within five minutes of the first game? Yeah. But uh, the the idea of seeing that team that made the conference finals and then also throw in Kyrie Irving, who is one of the more uh, you know enjoyable players to watch in the league with his isolation ability, his ability to finish with those unique spins off the glass. Uh, and then you know I really enjoy watching a guy like Al Horford. He you know he's he's not great at anything, but he's just such an intelligent player, smart basketball mind. Uh, and then the youngsters they've got with that with that team in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, uh, they're really fun to watch, and it'll be interesting to see you know how they progress uh, next season. Yeah, I mean they're they're loaded. I mean Kyrie's always a highlight waiting to happen. I loved watching Hayward in Utah. Horford, brilliant passer, a really good defender. Tatum is ridiculously good for how young he is. And then you know Marcus Smart is one. The most unique players in the league, just diving all over the floor. You go one for nine, but have a plus minus of like plus ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely love watching the Celtics too. Well, and Marcus Smart is kind of entertaining in kind of a disastrous way in terms of, uh, you know, oh, you think he's going to hurt himself diving on the floor, and then on the other end, oh, he's taking this horrible shot that you, you know, feel like has like a 10% chance of going in. Uh, so yes, Marcus Smart definitely adds to the entertainment value. And just a couple other things, you know, not from the actual roster, but just from a league pass perspective. I really enjoy Brian Scalabrini whenever he's on uh, as the uh, as the color commentator. He does a good job of uh, noticing when uh, when unique play calls are made by Brad Stevens, which also Brad Stevens is uh, you know a genius with the ATOs, the after timeout calls. So that's also a, a, a neat little wrinkle uh, to watch as well. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to like with Boston. All right, so who do you have then at uh, at your number three spot? Three, I have the Toronto Raptors. We have the same number three. <laughs> wow, look at that. <laughs> I, uh, I can't wait to watch them next year. Uh, two years ago, Kawhi Leonard might have been my favorite player to watch in the league. Uh, absolutely just menacing on defense and just very good at basically everything on offense. 
And now this year, they have some incredibly versatile defensive lineups. I love a lot of their young guys, Siakam, Ananobe, Van Fleet. Uh, they still got Lowry, who's incredibly solid. I mean, they're a very deep team. I'm excited to see how the new coach was out. And if Kawhi is 100%, I mean, there's... I, I can't wait to watch them. Yeah, the uh, the fact that they're a deep team, I feel like, really helps in terms of if, if you decide, which I, I like to do whenever I decide to watch a game, I'm generally going to watch uh, the entirety of it. You know, I'm not the type that watches just a quarter here and a quarter there. Uh, and, you know, with with the how deep the Raptors are, it makes watching the entire game really fun because of how, uh, you know, different that second unit plays from the starting lineup. I mean, yeah, it's like they're they got two teams, their starters and their bench, and it allows them to be super creative with their lineups. It's they're incredibly versatile, and I know it ended poorly for them last, but now with Kawhi, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, just one more little comment about the Raptors. You know, he's he's not. I wouldn't even say he's one of the better color guys in the league, but I do really. Uh, get a kick out of Jack Armstrong, who does the color yeah. for the team, and he's just so enthusiastic. You can just tell he he loves to be doing what he's doing. Absolutely, and then sometimes you'll get Drake joining the broadcast, so it's entertaining. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's like where's Waldo, except where's Drake uh, at a lot of those <laughs> games. Uh, all right, so uh, you had the Raptors at three, and so did I. So uh, let's. I'll start with my number four then. Uh, I've got the Utah Jazz. Ooh, all right, I like it. I'm a little more middle of the pack, but okay. uh, I like it. What's your reasons? So, a lot of the NBA has gone more towards just the trying to be elite on offense and score a lot of points. So, you know, in terms of the style of play, getting to watch a team uh, with Rudy Gobert, of course, the defensive player of the year from last year, a team that really locks people down. That uh, you know, it's it's unique in this day and age, and it's really fun to watch. And then you know, also Donovan Mitchell. He uh, he's one of those players that uh, you know might go uh, score just two points in the first half, but then he's capable of scoring twenty points in a quarter. Uh, so he, he's really interesting. You know, he can run hot and cold. And then the style and offensively, the style of play is really visually appealing as well. And uh, Quinn Snyder's scheme. Uh, you know, has a lot of off-ball movement. It seems like everybody gets to touch the basketball and, and run their own pick-and-rolls as well. Uh, so it, it's just a really, uh, really enjoyable uh, brand of basketball to watch. Yeah, I mean, they're elite defensively. I think they finished first last year, and Quinn Snyder is one of the best coaches in the league. Uh, they made their off. It took some time, but they made their offense work with limited spacing with Rubio, Gobert, and Favors, and then... Obviously, Mitchell's electric will be even better this year. So, I get it. I get it. I just, I get. Sometimes I'm a little bored by them. I'll be honest. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're right. They can they can go through some stretches offensively where it's uh, it's it's a struggle. But uh, but yeah. So who do you have then at uh, at your number four spot? Before we talked, I had the Sixers. Okay. Yeah, super high. Obviously, unique team with a bunch of just incredible players. Like Brett Brown, yeah, he's uh, he's he's developed himself into one of uh, one of the better coaches in the league. So uh, I'll move on then to my number five. I've got the Golden State Warriors. Okay, I have them pretty high too, but uh, I get it; they're a very good team. <laughs> right, and you know they're 
there is a little bit of like the you know the same team problem in terms of the you know the last couple of years they probably would have been number one of course that season when they went 73 and 9 was one of the most enjoyable seasons I've ever had following a team uh but yes. uh, but the fact that you know they've they've won back-to-back titles it's like we know they're really good they're gonna blow out a lot of teams as well a lot of times because the fact that they've had so much success in the playoffs uh they they lack that motivation in the regular season so there's also the idea that uh you know they're not uh, they're not bringing it a hundred percent but when you have Steph Curry Kevin Durant Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and then also uh, you know, maybe at the the end portion of the year they'll have Demarcus Cousins. Uh, they can only be so low. Exactly. Um, you know, with the, the Warriors, I just I enjoy them more in the playoffs than the regular season when they're they're dialed in. Um, you know, there's a few games in the regular season to get up for, but you know they put it on cruise control a lot, which I have a little lower. But obviously, the individual talent and the explosion keeps them pretty high. All right, so who's your number five then? Five is the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. I, I love Giannis. I mean, just I don't think there's a player like him. His finishing ability to just to dunk over everyone is incredible. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited they got Mike Budenholzer. I think he'll be huge for them, and and I I mean they just needed a solid coach, and I think he'll be able to maximize Giannis. And then also, I think Chris Middleton's one of the most underrated players in the game, a really crafty scorer. I, I can't wait to watch the, the Bucks this year. I think Giannis has another level to take it. Honestly, it's mostly Giannis-driven, but I, I, I love the Bucks. Yeah, I, um, I have them in my top ten as well, a little bit lower than that. But, uh, but yes, Giannis by himself is worth the price of admission. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Mike Budenholzer, I imagine that's going to to make them a lot more enjoyable just uh, playing a, a more pass-happy, ball-movement type of offensive scheme. Uh, you know, the last couple of years, despite Giannis, their half-court offense has just been kind of miserable to watch, frankly. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think Bud certainly will uh, will add some uh, some some intriguing stuff uh, and some uh, intriguing sets and play designs to, to spice things up. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Bucks are going to be really entertaining, and they're, they're another team that uh, they've got a couple of players like a Thon Maker that I think if he brings it like he has in the playoffs the last couple of years, uh, he adds another dimension, another guy that will be really entertaining to watch, but uh, he didn't do that uh, last regular season. No, he's intriguing, and it's a big year for him. And I also think Budenholzer was straightening out the defense a little bit. I like the the, the Lopez and Ilyasova signings. I think they're going to be a pretty good team this year. All right, so my uh, my number six, I've got the Houston Rockets. Ooh, okay, I have them close, but I like it. Uh, so obviously James Harden and Chris Paul... A lot of people say that they find James Harden boring, but I I don't at all. I think he's really uh, a really entertaining player to watch. Like his ball handling, his shooting ability, uh, his craftiness. You know the the ability to draw fouls. I think is is interesting to watch and and seeing the replays. I understand watching thirty free throws isn't the most entertaining thing, but I generally just fast forward through the free throws myself. Uh, but uh, you know the. The idea that uh, you get 
48 minutes of Harden and Paul with the way they stagger them. There's always a star on the floor, and as I mentioned, star power uh, is one of my biggest factors. Absolutely. I mean, you probably maybe you could argue the two most brilliant passers on the same team together. Right. Or at least two top five passers, and they're such great ball handlers, the best elite isolation scorers, and then they're going to shoot a million threes as well. You get a lot of Capella lobs, too. I love watching Harden and Paul. Definitely get it. Now, um, the the one thing, and maybe why they're not a little bit higher up, is I think their their broadcast team is one of the worst in the NBA. Uh, 100%. <laughs> um, Bill Worrell does the play-by-play, and then they have Clyde Drexler and Matt Bullard do the color commentary. And I, I was actually doing a little research and found that there's a sports blog called Awful Announcing. And they actually conducted a poll in which the Houston Rockets were graded as an F, and they finished last in the poll out of the entire NBA. That's not where you want to be, but uh, I can understand why people voted that way. Yeah, it's it's very, uh, you know, we talked about beforehand that announcing crews that are, uh, you know, homerific, that's just the, the biggest the biggest annoyance for me when I'm watching a game. I, I uh, you know, when I'm, when I'm seeing something and the announcers are saying, well, it's the exact opposite, I, I generally say, you know what, I'm going to mute you or change it to the other group. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the, you know Harden and Paul again, so much fun to watch, and as you mentioned, a ton of threes. Uh, so okay, now uh, who do you have at uh, at number six? The Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay. And, uh, uh, they kind of go against the grain for the past couple of years. Not a lot of shooting, but they just find ways to manufacture points, transition, getting to the free throw line, offensive rebound. Really nasty physical team, especially when they have Roberson in there. I've long been a huge Paul George fan. I really like his game. And then, uh, I, I mean, they added uh, Noel. They got rid of Melo, who I don't like, so that makes him more appealing. I just, I'm very interested to see how they make it work. And then Adams just creams people. It's a, it's an entertaining team to me because just they're kind of different stylists. And then, of course, obviously Westbrook can do crazy things. Right, and with, uh, you know, Robertson uh, hopefully back this year coming off of the ACL and then, you know, just getting rid of Mello and most, uh, I mean, I don't I don't know for sure if Grant is going to start, but if Jeremy Grant starts at the four, they're going to be massively improved on the defensive end. So they're going to have, similar to what Utah has, a team that generally will, will lock their opponents down, which is which is rare in today's game. Uh, yeah, I think they, they can be a top five defense for sure this year, and that, that will keep them in just about every game. I, I have them a little bit lower, just outside the top ten. And my my main reason for that is, and uh, I, I feel like I'm the exception to this, but I don't actually love watching Russell Westbrook play basketball. Uh, you know, he's... Uh, he he, he very much to me fits the mold of an athlete who chose to play basketball as opposed to a basketball player who also is a good athlete, uh, and it so often feels like he's just ramming his style down the throat of the defense, and and uh, you know that that just to me has never been uh, that enjoyable to watch. No, and he obviously gets tunnel vision sometimes and takes some really bad shots, so. I get it, but you know he, he brings the highlights too. So it's I guess 
I don't know, a mixed bag with him, if you will. Right. Uh, so my number seven, we already talked about them. I have the Denver Nuggets. Uh, who do you have at that spot? So this is my first bad team. I have the Brooklyn Nets. Wow, okay. So, yeah, I, I have the Brooklyn Nets a little bit higher than, like, the dead end of the pack. But, yeah, you've got them way higher than I do. I uh, I love the Nets, and I love Kenny Atkinson as a coach because he just – he just pulls players if they're not playing hard, which I just love. Yes. So they, they play extremely hard all the time. They have a, they shoot a ton of threes. They have a bunch of young guys that I think are intriguing, and D'Angelo Russell, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert. I, I just find them very entertaining, you know. They're obviously bad, and, I mean, they'll be a little better this year, but for a while, just... I don't know, they bring it on a nightly basis, and they're like the one bad team that I, I really enjoy watching. Right, they um they definitely fulfill all of the style of play, and especially the announcing crew, as I mentioned earlier, with Ian Eagle and uh, Mike Fratello. They do a, a great job. Uh, it's just, it's hard for me to have them anywhere near that high just due to the fact that I don't feel like they fulfill that star power thing, even like with potential stars. I, I don't really see D'Angelo Russell ever getting there. Uh, so, you know, there's there's a certain just uh, level that they can't uh, get past for me. But but certainly they, they play a fun style, as you said. And, uh, you know, for all the factors other than the fact that they're a bad team, you know, they, they are fun to watch. For sure. They definitely do uh, lack star power, but... Uh... I, I just enjoy them. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for the Brooklyn Nets. That's fair. Um, okay, so so my number eight, I've got the Los Angeles Lakers. Ooh, I like it. I mean, I have them very close to that, so I get it. So um, the big reason why they made a jump this year is, you know, adding LeBron. LeBron is, uh, you know, in my mind, the second greatest basketball player of all time and, a, and really fun to watch. Uh, and, of course, you're going to get to see uh, some of the youngsters, too. They had an intriguing young team even last year with your Brandon Ingrams, your Lonzo Balls, uh, the uh, the Summer League MVP Josh Hart from this past summer. Uh, so they've got uh, they've got all of that. And then you've also got the, uh, you know, the, po- the possible shenanigans of guys like JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, and Michael Beasley. Uh, I can't wait to watch them next year just to see how the shenanigans crew fits in and <laughs> how many times they ended up on Shaq in a fool. But look, LeBron's obviously incredible to watch all the time. They're young guys. I'm high on. I'm really high on Brandon Ingram. I think he's poised for a huge third year. Uh, I'm very close to eight, so yeah, can't wait to watch them. I'm glad you mentioned Shaq and a fool because I feel like this year he's going to have to make his own Los Angeles Lakers version of that show. Oh my God! It's I can't wait just to see the lineups they do with Rodman. It's fascinating to me. Right, and, and yes, the the whole off season after getting LeBron was very confusing. And so, yes, it's it's going to be really it's going to be really fascinating to see LeBron essentially with like four other players that don't fit his style of play whatsoever. Yeah, they went against the grain and didn't get him shooters. Um, I still wonder if they have another move in store, but uh, Luke Walton's in for a challenge, and so is LeBron to make it an all-work, but either way, it'll be interesting. So then who do you have then at your uh, your number eight spot? So at eight, uh, we talked about them, but I had Boston for, for all the reasons we mentioned. Just a loaded team. 
best in the East, I think, and I can't wait to see them fully healthy and together. Yeah, they'll be, and they're going to be, you know, competitive every night. I would not be shocked if they win 60-plus this year. Uh, so my, my, my number nine, I've got a team you already mentioned as well, the Milwaukee Bucks. I just had uh, one more thing to, uh, to bring up about them, and that is, uh, and, and this crew doesn't come together very often, of course. Uh, Gus Johnson does, I think, about half of the games for the team. Uh, but then also they have like multiple different uh, color guys. But when the crew is Gus Johnson and Marcus Johnson working a game, I think they're literally the best duo in the business. I'm a big Gus Johnson guy. He's just he's very entertaining, so I get that. Well, and he, you know, a, a lot of the announcers these days have their own, you know, kind of catchphrase. Of course, Mike Breen has the bang, and Marv Albert has right. the yes. But I love that Gus Johnson, uh, it almost feels like he's coming up with the stuff on the fly. Oh, yeah, he's and his, his energy is just great, too. Who do you then uh, have at, uh, at number nine? Nine, uh, actually the next couple of teams I uh, talked, nine, I had the Houston Rockets. Just okay. Basically Harden and uh, Paul. And then ten, I had the, the Lakers. Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll go into my number ten then, and that is the Indiana Pacers. Ooh, I like it. So, Victor Oladipo is, is really fun to watch, and it's going to be fascinating to see uh, how, uh, how he develops you know, after making the leap into superstardom and all NBA territory last year. But then they also kind of fit that mold of like the, uh, you know, the Toronto Raptors where they're a really deep team, especially after, uh, you know, retaining Thaddeus Young this offseason, adding uh, Tyreek Evans and uh, Doug McDermott. They're going to be able to throw out, and, you know, you've got uh, DeMontis Sabonis and Miles Turner at center. Uh, you've got, they've got three point guards now with uh, Darren Collison, uh, Corey Joseph and and their draft pick Holiday from UCLA. So they're just an incredibly deep team that you know will play good basketball for for all forty eight minutes. Absolutely, Oladipo last year was sensational, just an incredible season, and it'll be interesting to see if he has another gear he can get to. Because I mean, he's he's a lead on both ends. He's he's an absolute menace on defense. I like both of the young bigs and Sabonis and Turner. I really like the Tyreek Evans signing. I think it allows them to have some more versatile lineups. Uh, I'm high on the Pacers. They should be very entertaining this year. So uh, at number 11, uh, for me, I had the Oklahoma City Thunder, which we talked about a little bit. I I just wanted to mention another reason why they might have been a little bit lower for me, along with the fact that I don't, uh, you know, absolutely love watching Russell Westbrook, is their their announcing crew has always been, uh, you know, pretty lackluster. Uh, but that actually, I found out, might change this year because Brian Davis, their play-by-play guy, uh, his contract was not renewed uh, for this season, and he, of course, uh, had the infamous line uh, in reference to a Russell Westbrook pass. He said he was out of his cotton-picking mind. Uh, oh, that's, that was bad. Yes, and uh, I think he, uh, you know, they originally just suspended him for one playoff game, which I didn't think was nearly as uh big enough of a punishment that he deserved but uh i'm kind of glad he wasn't renewed you know i don't believe that he you know intentionally meant to offend people but when uh, when you lack any sort of consideration when you say stuff uh, like that 
uh, for how that might make people feel, uh, I, I think you uh, you deserve the repercussions of those actions. Absolutely, um, a thousand percent agree. And then uh, my eleven was a team we taught is the Golden State Warriors because they have <laughs> now five All Stars. Yes, um, I feel like a lot of people might uh, might think that's kind of insane that you would have them outside of the top ten given their talent, but. But I get it. it. It is a little bit stale at this point. You know, when they added Kevin Durant, that was interesting. But now we've had multiple seasons with them with Durant. Um, and, and yeah, it just feels a little bit kind of same old, same old. So my number 12, I've got the Minnesota Timberwolves. Ooh, okay. Gotten close. I like it, though. So you've got Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns. I'm a huge Carl Anthony Towns fan. I love watching him play, especially on the offensive end. Uh, I think he's, uh, you know, just about, if you could literally make a offensive center uh, in a computer lab, I feel like uh, Carl Anthony Towns would be close to the type of player you would create. He's, he's a monster, um, excellent post player, and then a very, uh, I think an underrated shooter. He can get really hot from three. And then I'm, I'm the biggest Jimmy Butler fan in the world. That guy is just a monster who brings it all the time is good at just about everything um i am not the biggest tibbs guy but butler and towns alone make them entertaining yeah i'm not a huge tibbs fan either but just in terms of league pass entertainment uh from that point of view tom thibodeau yelling on the sideline (laughs) is is one of the most uh you know hilarious things you'll get yeah getting the red face is always (laughs) always enjoyable to watch all right, so then who do you have then at, uh, at, at number 12? Well, at 12, I, I had the Pacers for the reason, and then at 13, I had the Timberwolves, so we're pretty close here. Okay, well, I had one more comment uh, in, terms of, uh, in terms of Minnesota. Their broadcast crew, I think, is one of the best in the league, top five for sure, with Dave Benz and Jim Peterson. I think they do a tremendous job. Yeah, they do, and uh, I mean, they're also kind of... They, they're also kind of against the green team. They don't take a lot of threes, but they somehow manufacture a really good offense. So it, it's kind of different, which I also enjoy watching. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's you know, the Andrew Wiggins experiment has, uh, has already, in a lot of people's eyes, failed. But uh, he's, he's an interesting player to watch in terms of that he, he just doesn't seem to fit as a role player. And uh, they're trying to just kind of force him in. Almost like he's a, he's a triangle trying to fit into a square peg. I can't wait to see him this year. I think it's maybe not quite make or break for him, but it's getting pretty close. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but he's so, uh, he's now on a huge contract, uh, which uh, will make it tougher for them to move him. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm, the pressure is on them to start fast, so that's why I'm intrigued to watching them as well. So I had uh, I had the Pelicans at at thirteen, uh, and then you know we already talked about them. Obviously, Anthony Davis uh, is amazing. But uh, at fourteen, I had the Washington Wizards. We have the same fourteen. Okay, so that makes two now that we've uh, we've hit spot on. Um, so John Wall is pretty entertaining, especially in transition when he gets that team running. They're really fun to watch. Bradley Beal. Uh, you know, is uh, is fun in terms of his shooting ability, and he's also gotten better uh, as a as a creator for himself and others. 
Uh, but, you know, they're a little bit further down the list for me just because, you know, we've kind of seen this team before. And despite the fact that, uh, you know, they, they added Dwight Howard and, and guys like Austin Rivers and Jeff Green, I don't feel like those guys are going to change this team so much that it's going to feel like a different product. Yeah, you know, it's it's up to Wall and Beal. And at their best, I think they can hit a really high level and be one of the best teams in the East to just... They're, they're too inconsistent on a night-to-night basis. And uh, it's a big season for Wall, though. He's got to be healthy, bounce back a little bit. I like Beal a lot. I really enjoyed Sadoransky last year when he filled in. I think he's a good player. It's just for them, they they got to be able to bring it more consistently to you know climb the ladder a little bit. So uh, who do you have then at number 15? 15-eyed Utah, which we talked about earlier. Right middle of the pack. I mean, really good, and I, I do enjoy watching them. It just, I just, I know what I'm going to get with Utah. Right. Yeah, that's that's fair. Again, like uh, you know, there are, you know, it, it takes a, a special type of uh, of nerd like myself to really enjoy like a 84 to 82 kind of game. <laughs> <laughs> but. I get it. Uh, but uh, my uh, my number fifteen, I have uh, the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, with LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan, I think they're they're a little bit interesting in terms of they, they play more of a mid-range style, which is unique to the NBA now. Uh, of course, uh, uh, they're, they're going to be competitive every season with, uh, you know, with Greg Popovich at the helm. Although, on your pod last week, we kind of had a discrepancy in terms of how good we thought they were going to be this year. No, I mean, they're, they're always going to be competitive with Pop and uh, I love LaMarcus Aldridge, and I'm interested to see DeRozan. Again, it's against the green offense, a lot of mid-range. I have some concerns that they're about their three-point shooting and that their D may slip a little bit, but they're always at least going to be solid and in the hunt for sure. Now, the another reason they're a little bit more towards the middle of the pack, another, another broadcast team that uh, I do not enjoy whatsoever uh, I think it's Bill Land and Sean Elliott, just the, the worst of homers. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, they really are. From what I've found as well, like the the not only is it annoying for for an announcing crew to be uh, you know, big time homers in terms of, you know, they're gonna be super biased in terms of what they're watching and what they're seeing, but also I feel like a lot of times they're more old school as well and they're not uh, giving you interesting analytical stats or those sorts of things, which a group like we mentioned earlier, Dave Benz and Jim Peterson, they do a really good job of, of throwing those advanced stats at you that are that are interesting and that you don't get to see all the time. Yeah, the Spurs are uh, just, you know, old school franchise and everywhere part of their team. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, so uh, at uh, who do you have then at, uh, at 16? 16, I may be a little biased, but I have my Charlotte Hornets. Okay, so uh, that's another one that we uh, we are quite uh, different on. <laughs> I have them pretty down near the bottom. Well, you know what? Last year, honestly, I didn't enjoy watching them, but I'm more excited this year. One new coach who should want to play a little faster. Uh, I think intriguing young guys, the rookie Miles Bridges, Malik Monk, getting more, Dwayne Bacon, Willie Hernan Gomez. And then Kemba is always a little, you know, electric. And you yes. can get really hot. So, obviously I'm a little biased, but uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. I don't think we'll make the playoffs. We'll 
probably be a slightly below average team, but uh, I think it'll at least be more entertaining this year. Yeah, I uh, I agree 100% about Kemba Walker. If they didn't have Kemba Walker, I would not watch a single Charlotte Hornets game. <laughs> he uh, he's That's the true. one he's the he's the one guy that uh, occasionally can get hot and and have some impressive performances and uh, he's fun to watch in terms of he'll have some ankle breaking crossovers and that sort of thing that uh, uh, that uh, will get you up off the couch. Yeah, definitely. And when he gets hot, it, it can be uh, pretty special. But I'm just I'm more intrigued on the new coach style play and how how the young guys progress. So uh, at 16, uh, you know, I mentioned that one of my probably my number two most important thing is like having good teams. So. Uh, it, it makes sense that number 16 is my first team that I expect will be under 500 that I have on my list, and that is the Dallas Mavericks. Ooh, okay. I'm a little bit lower, but I'm excited about Doncic. So there's, yeah, not only is uh, is Luka Doncic a very exciting prospect, of course he was, uh, they, they traded up and drafted him third in the draft. I had him number one on my draft board. Uh, but then also Dennis Smith Jr., their draft pick last season. I also uh, am pretty high on him as well and his uh, his potential. And then there's also, you know, you never know, it, this could be uh, Dirk Nowitzki's final season. Uh, you know, he's always signing these one-year deals now, and he's into, what, his 21st season now? His 21st season, yep. And so, you know, there's there's always the, uh, you know, with, with legends like that, you uh, you want to take all the opportunities to watch them while they're still playing. And then there's always stuff with uh, Rick Carlisle where he might just randomly in the middle of the third quarter throw out a 2-3 zone, which is very rare in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carlisle, I think, is one of the best coaches in the game. I'm excited about Doncic, Dennis Smith in year two. They, they just have some boring players to me, like Harrison Barnes, who I'm not a fan of, or Wesley Matthews at old age. So I'm a little bit lower, but I, I get the reasons for sure. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I believe we're on to number 17 for you. Who do you have there? 17, I have the Portland Trailblazers. Hey, we're the uh, same again. Uh, <laughs> number three. Nice. <laughs> you got three. Um, obviously, Lillard. Um, can get explosively hot, has really deep range, can put on a show sometimes. McCollum can give you some ankle breakers, nice mid-range game. I'm a little intrigued in Zach Collins this year. I liked what I saw in rookie season. He looks stronger. They have some players who I really don't like, <laughs> but I uh, like Evan Turner. But, yes, uh, I'm, I'm on board with that. <laughs> and I, I like some, a lot of Stotts' sets. I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year, actually, but uh, they're still fairly entertaining to watch. Yeah, I definitely think they're going to be right on the borderline of being fighting for that eighth seed. It'll be interesting what happens, but yeah, I'm I, I'm pretty similar to you. Yeah, Lillard, McCollum, uh, very entertaining. But uh, uh, one thing I'll mention too is just in terms of their their defensive strategy. I think it's a good strategy in terms of helping them win games, but it's not good in terms of the watchability. You know, they don't they need they don't do a lot of switching. And oftentimes on the pick and roll, they'll just have the big drop way back into the paint under the basket, and they won't help off of shooters. So there's not a, they're they're kind of forcing uh, teams to play in isolation and not pass the basketball. So that that kind of hurts uh, the the visual uh, enjoyment of their games. 
Yeah, very conservative scheme. I actually thought they overachieved a bit on defense last year. I think it's probably likely to regress a little bit this year, so that's why I'm a little below average. All right, so uh, so my number 18, I've got the Detroit Pistons. Oh, my God, we're same again. All right. <laughs> Two in a row. Okay. Uh, so, uh, obviously, Blake Griffin and uh, Andre Drummond, you know, that's an interesting uh, big pairing. Uh, having Dwayne Casey, a new coach, uh, you know, add some intrigue. I really like their broadcast crew with uh, with George Blaha and Greg Kelser. George Blaha has been doing it for what seems like a century at this point, but he still does a terrific job. Yeah, and um, Blake gets a lot of criticism, but I've always been a fan of his game. He's not quite the same player, but he's a really, really good passer and still a really good player. Um, I like the him and Drummond pairing, at least on offense. And Drummond improved his passing last season as well. Yeah, I mean, I did not see that coming, and same with his free throw shooting. Uh, Stanley Johnson's facing a bit of a make-or-break year. Yes. So um, I'm I'm intrigued by them. I think they'll be a playoff team in the East, but uh, just just barely, like probably an eight seed. Yeah, and the uh, the whole uh, as you mentioned, Drummond improving his free throw shooting, and the fact that the league changed some of those hacker rules last season, where you can only do it in the yeah. final two minutes of the quarters. Uh, you know, the previous couple of seasons watching the Pistons kind of became pretty brutal at times with just the Drummond going to the free throw line over and over again whenever he was in the game, and then Van Gundy would have to make the decision, oh, do I just pull him out here? But he's also our best player. Agreed. I'm I'm very glad the NBA changed those rules. Yes, uh, it it definitely helps the uh, the viewer experience. Uh, Okay, so who do you then have at, uh, at number 19? Uh, 19, a team you already brought up, I have the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. Uh, yeah, really enjoy Aldridge, very good defensive team. DeRozan, um, offensively can have a lot of highlight, you know, dunks and just really impressive, you know, turnaround fadeaway shots, so I got the Spurs at 19. Okay, so, uh, my team at, at 19, I, I mentioned on your podcast, Players Watch, uh, last week that they were a team that I was a little bit higher on for this upcoming season, and that is the Phoenix Suns. Uh, you know, they um, with with DeAndre Ayton having the number one overall pick, that's always an exciting player to check out. They also got what, what I consider to be, you know, a top three wing in the draft in Mikael Bridges. Uh, they signed Trevor Ariza, who's a solid wing. Uh, so, you know, and they already had some, some intriguing young pieces, of, of course, already with, uh, with Devin Booker, who got the, the huge extension this year. But they've got enough uh, young, intriguing talent on that roster that they should be uh, pretty fun to watch. I mean, last year they were probably my least favorite team to watch. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but this year they definitely should be more enjoyable. I, I have them lower, but I really like Booker, and I'm intrigued by, by the rookies a lot as well. And, and the new coach. Yes, and uh, Eddie Johnson, the team's color guy, is uh, is maybe my favorite color guy in the entire league. He's fantastic. Uh, who do you then have at uh, at number 20? 20 of the Los Angeles Clippers. Okay. As you, not a star, but a lot of really solid players. Uh, Lou Williams can get buckets off the bench. I'm a big Tobias Harris fan. They get Pat Beverly back, who's a tenacious defender. I'm intrigued by the rookies, especially Shy Gilgis Alexander. They're well coached. Um, I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year, but I think they'll be a really just tough, scrappy team. 
Right. I um I have them pretty pretty close to where you've got them. Uh, and yeah, like lacking star power makes it tough for me. But but as you mentioned, they're real deep, so they're going to fulfill that you know competitive team. They're going to be a team that for all forty eight minutes throws out solid NBA rotation guys. Uh, so they're they're always going to be competing and uh, and playing good basketball. But uh, you know another thing that hurts them a little bit for me is uh, again another team with what I consider to be one of the worst broadcast groups uh, in the league, especially their color guy Bruce Bowen. I think he uh, he was a horrible replacement. Uh, the the guy they had previously, Mike Smith, he wasn't great, but uh, he was certainly better than Bruce Bowen. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm not the biggest fan either. I can I can agree with that. All right, so uh, at number 20 for me, I've got the Memphis Grizzlies. Ooh, I have, I have very close to that, but uh, I like, I think they're going to be a little better than people think this year, and I just a really tough, tough team and scrappy. The, the biggest thing for me is, you know, if Conley and Gasol are both on the floor, I will watch them. They're fun to watch. But if Absolutely. either of those guys are hurt, I have no interest. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm a huge Mike Conley fan. Um, can't wait to see what he looks like coming back. Gasol, really good passer and shooter. But besides that, yeah, hopefully one of their young guys makes a jump. And uh, Jaron Jackson's intriguing. Yes, he is. But uh, not too much else. All right, uh, who do you have at 21? I had the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we're, we're, very, uh, close. we're very close on that. Uh, I have the Miami Heat at that spot. Oh, we're just, we're Chase. I have them at 22. Okay. So, uh, you know, uh, the the Heat are, are another team kind of like the Clippers that, you know, don't have a star player, but, again, they're going to compete every night. They're, they're deep. They're pretty strong defensively. Again, I, I do enjoy watching teams that uh, that play hard on that end of the floor, uh, but uh, you know, there's there's only so you can only be so high when you really don't have uh, any kind of star talent. Exactly, they're they're really tough, a pain in the ass to play against. Right. Uh, they bring it every night. I really like Josh Richardson, but um, yeah, just uh, the lack of firepower just gives them the low rating, and plus. Hassan Whiteside is one of the biggest hit and miss guys in the league. Yeah, uh, he uh, he is a head scratcher for sure. Um, so at twenty two, I uh, I have the Los Angeles Clippers. So we're kind of uh, we're we've gotten through most of the teams at this point. Uh, who's the next team that we haven't mentioned that you have on your list, and what spot are they? Well, let's see. Twenty three. I had Dallas, which you've already mentioned. Okay. So then- the first team, I have 24, I have the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, so the Bulls, I mean, they added Parker, they re-signed Levine, they drafted Wendell Carter, who I think makes an interesting front court pair with marketing. I'm not as high in the Bulls as a lot of people are, though. I think Levine and Parker are both volume scorers, terrible defenders. They'll be a terrible defensive team next year. Yep. But I am intrigued to see how just Hoiberg, staggers minutes to try to get some sort of offense defense balance in the lineups he uses they'll be bad but i think they'll be kind of intriguing and entertaining yeah i uh i feel very similar about that like yeah they have enough young talent that uh you know i'll, I'll tune into them on occasion uh their, their broadcast is is fine i don't think it's anything special uh but uh but yeah they're i don't think they're going to be nearly as good 
as uh, as people expect them to be, so that that kind of hurts their their ability to be too high on this list. At my number twenty four, I've got the Cleveland Cavaliers. I have them at twenty five, so we're close. Uh, okay, we just we essentially uh, I had the Bulls at twenty five, so we just flipped those two. Kevin Love, obviously, uh, you know he he's he's an All Star caliber player. I, I'm I'm interested in seeing uh, you know what version of Kevin Love we're going to get this season. You know, are we going to see kind of a Kevin Love from Minnesota? Is Ty Lue going to basically make an offense that kind of revolves around him? That that will be uh, fun to uh, to explore. And uh, you know, they they've got uh, the the number eight overall pick, Colin Sexton. It'll be interesting to see to see him develop. And they've got enough okay players that uh, they might be an all right team. Uh, but yeah, not. Not a lot to be to be excited about there, and I've never been a fan of their their broadcast crew, uh, Fred McLeod and Austin Carr again, due to the uh, the uh, the biased nature of their call. Super biased, but uh, yeah, mixed bag. Um, some young guys I'm intrigued in Sexton, obviously, but even Seti Ozman and Ante Zizek, I kind of like. I even like Nance a bit. I've always been a big Kevin Love fan. But just a lot of bad players that I don't enjoy, like Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, George Hill, who is washed. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't have a lot of interest in those guys. Yeah, um, and and not only is uh, is Austin Carr incredibly biased, but he just has essentially, you know, six or seven catchphrases that he says, and that's basically his entire commentary. He never says anything, uh, you know, fresh or original or thoughtful. It's just get that weak stuff out of here or uh, deep in the queue and that's uh, that's essentially 80% of his uh, his talking. Yep, I, I just visualized him saying that as you were saying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, as I mentioned, I had the Bulls at 25, you had them at 24. My number 26, I've got the uh, the Sacramento Kings. Okay, I have them at 30. But <laughs> oh, okay. They're my last. That's that's fair. I mean, we're uh, we're pretty close to the end anyway at this point. Um, but uh, you know, I feel like they have enough like intriguing young talent uh, to to give them a watch on occasion. Uh, you know, De'Aaron Fox. It'll be interesting to see how Harry Giles comes back. Of course, he sat out all of last season. Uh, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich is a solid young player. Uh, they dr- like they drafted uh, the uh, the guy from Duke, Bagley, uh, Marvin Bagley. That's right. Thank you. Um, uh, and you know, I wasn't super high on that pick, but he certainly has uh, some explosive highlight reel uh, ability. Uh, so they've got enough there, and uh, I've liked their broadcast crew as well. Although I, I believe Jerry Reynolds, uh, the color guy, retired after last year. He may uh, do occasional games, but. Uh, but their uh, their play by play guy Grant Napier has always done a solid job, and and they've had a really difficult job to do given that it's been over a decade since the team's been good, and they come to work every night and uh, and try to make it entertaining despite the fact that the team itself isn't. Yeah, I mean they, I am intrigued on some of their their young guys and see how they improve. Uh, I like thirties little hearts that just they're they're the king, so they usually find ways to mess things up and stink. Right. <laughs> but let's see, my twenty six is the Orlando Magic. Okay. Um, Aaron Gordon obviously can bring some breathtaking dunks. Um, I'm actually a big Nick Vucevic fan. I think he's a really skilled scorer, but 
not much defensively and gets hurt a lot. Right. I'm intrigued on Isaac. I'm intrigued on Bamba, especially if they play um, them together with Gordon and just have super amounts of length. Um, they're going to be bad, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see just a lot of the lineup saves. Yeah, I, I'm definitely intrigued in Isaac and Bamba as well. I don't imagine they're going to be good this season, though. It's funny when I was uh, when I was prepping for this, I, I have some notes for each of the teams, and literally the only note I had for the Orlando Magic was Aaron Gordon. <laughs> He's, he to me yeah. is the uh, the only reason they're worth watching. Like he obviously has uh, has crazy athleticism. I thought he should have won the dunk contest that he was in with uh, with Zach Levine a few years back. Uh, but yes. uh, but he can provide the highlights, and uh, when he was actually shooting the ball really well, that was a really fascinating run. And I actually watched Orlando uh, early on last season until they uh, they fell off a cliff. They they did fall off a cliff, and they tend to do that. And <laughs> yes, they they obviously have maybe one of the worst backcourts in the league, which which hurts them. But uh, you know they should be a, a decent bad team if that makes sense. Right. Um, all right. So my number twenty seven, I have the New York Knicks. Ah uh, yes. <laughs> so um not like basically they're not number 30 because of their broadcast crew uh mike oh, breen and walt frazier are uh, are excellent i would say they're a top five group in the nba walt frazier with his uh his razzle dazzle all of his uh his rhymes he throws out there he's a wordsmith uh and uh you know a former uh you know great legend of the game as well so he has a Extensive knowledge and a great vocabulary to boot. Yeah, they're great. I, I would have had them higher, but Porzingis is likely out for most, if not all, of the season. So right, they're going to be really bad this year. So yeah, I had them at twenty nine. Uh, my twenty seven is a team you mentioned is the the Phoenix Suns. Okay, yeah. So uh, they went from thirty on your list last year to twenty seven. So I, I gave them a boost from. Yeah, a I'm huge a, a huge leap yeah. <laughs> they should be happy with that boost <laughs> yeah um so so my number 28 is actually the charlotte hornets Ouch. so uh, as as we mentioned keba walker is really the only uh, reason or only player that to me is interesting to watch on that roster uh but uh, i will say that uh, they do have a a solid broadcast uh you know del curry and stephanie reddy do a really good job and as you know, since you watch a lot of their games, she'll she'll even sometimes call uh, the plays out of the huddle uh, for the audience, which is uh, which is something I haven't seen any other crew do. Yeah, I like the broadcast team. Eric Collins too. Devil Curry's really solid, and you know they're entertaining. But I I understand why you have them low. It's fair. Yes. So then, at uh, at my number twenty nine, I have the Orlando Magic. And uh, at my number 30, I have the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I had the Atlanta Hawks at 28. I guess they have a couple of young guys I like, and John Collins and Torian Prince, and uh, I can't wait to see Trey Young, but they're, they're going to just be awful this year. It's, it's going to be tough to watch. Right. The, um, you know, when it comes to uh, young prospects that, uh, you know, that I think have star potential, which I think Trey Young does. Like, 
I I generally am not excited, especially if it's a point guard in year one. Like I wasn't excited to watch Dennis Smith too much last year because I knew I you know I know the fact that most rookie point guards are bad, and I imagine Trey Young is going to be the same this year. So I can't you know even though I'm excited about him and watching him in the future, I can't say it's I'm that enthusiastic for the the 2018-19 season. But my my one comment about Atlanta, the one thing I had on my notes is the one thing I do like about that experience in watching one of their games is their arena organist. <laughs> so, well, I was not expecting that, but I like it. His name is, uh, I looked it up, his name is Sir Foster. And he does wow, such a tremendous great. job of when the other team has the ball, you know, the music he plays, it builds tension as the possession goes along. And... And by the end, you're kind of just on the edge of your seat just because the music is kind of bringing you there. Yeah, the Hawks are kind of known. They do creative things to get fans in the seat because they get trouble doing that, and they're usually bad. Yes. uh, (laughs) They could be somewhat entertaining. They'll just have an awful record. And Young, as you said, will go through some growing pains for sure. Yeah, and, and just one more comment because I'm fascinated by this organist. Uh, the, uh, uh, on on the offensive end, uh, he'll he'll often like just do different renditions of like pop songs that are going on. Yeah, no, I do like that part of them. It's it makes it more fun. It adds a different atmosphere. I get it. Yes, it does, and you know I feel like. For the most part, uh, the in arena experience is is pretty much the same for you know I would say twenty five of the thirty teams. So it, it is it is a pleasure when teams can mix it up and be a little bit unique uh, and and kind of separate themselves from the pack. For sure, absolutely. And then yeah, bottom twenty nine, the Knicks, and then thirty the the Kings, who are just. They're, they're the kings. All righty. Well, uh, well, Evan, uh, I thought this was a, a fun little exercise. I feel like we uh, we had enough uh, where we, we kind of agreed, and then a couple of, uh, of variations as well, which was interesting. But uh, had a blast doing this with you. And again, thank you, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. This was a lot of fun. Pumped for the season. Thanks for having me, Garrett. Of course. And uh, yeah, we'll have to do this again in the future. Absolutely, my man. Thanks so much for listening to Duncan Dynasty. I am Garrett Bouguet. If you'd like to contact me, I'm on Facebook at facebook.com slash Garrett Bouguet. I'm also on Twitter at Garrett Bouguet. And uh, if uh, if you'd like to email me, my email is g-bouguet at onu.edu. Feel free, uh, any comments, critiques, compliments about the pod, I'm I'm happy to hear it, and hopefully I can get back to you as well. Uh, If you'd like to show your support, uh, for Duncan Dynasty, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, if you can leave a rating and review on there, that's uh, that's terrific. And if uh, if you don't use iTunes, uh, leaving a rating and review uh, on that as well is uh, extremely helpful. But uh, once again, thank you so much, and have a good rest of your day. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere you could redeem some serious prizes ChumbaCasino.com live the Chumba life no purchase necessary we're prohibited by law T plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.